You're listening to episode seven of the ESL Teaching Podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about the impact we make as ESL teachers. We know we are an important part of our English learners day, but what about reaching out to your colleagues in the community? I will share two ways you can start establishing your name, both in your school and in the community. You will learn how one simple email has turned into a ripple effect across the district and what you can do to help put your EL program on the map. Let's get to the episode. Welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope you are having a great week and the weather where you are is pleasant. I am in New Hampshire, so we've had our share of bitter Arctic cold followed by a foot of snow, which was then followed by massive melting and then icing over, basically a lot of fun. And nature can certainly have an impact on our daily lives. And I wanted to talk about impact today, our impact as teachers of English learners. I know we make an impact on our students every single day. You know you are making an impact when they come to you to share both in joy and in difficulty. I ran into a former student the other day and I was so excited, literally like a kid. He talked about where he'd been and his plans for the future. He also shared about the other kids from our class that had graduated and how their friendship continued and strengthened even after they left school. And that made my heart soar because I felt like my deep-seated goal to create a classroom community that would extend beyond the four walls of the school was reached. But what about the larger community, your EL families? What about reaching your colleagues? I know for the longest time, it felt like the ESL department was these mysterious people who work with an even more mysterious population. Nobody knew what we were doing. Nobody had time to inquire. And frankly, we stayed in the shadows ourselves too. So today I wanted to share two things that my teaching partner and I have done this year that made a huge impact on our school community and the parents of EL students. So it is my hope that these two things will inspire you to take on the leadership role in your schools and put the EL program on the map, so to speak. So the first thing that we did this year started with a simple email. I know it sounds underwhelming, but let me make the story a little longer. It is a good one. I will be honest, there was no grand plan to wake up and become famous. Reaching our colleagues has always been on our minds, but frankly, it was also a puzzle. How to connect with people to let them know about what it entails to be a part of another culture, another language community, almost like another reality. As frequently happens, it all started with food. We typically have a good number of Muslim students who follow halal dietary requirements 
Over the years, my students have taught me what labels to look for when purchasing food for the class, and I have gotten so used to it that sometimes I don't even think twice. But right before Halloween, I was thinking about candy and realized that most likely not many people in my school actually have this information. So I sat down and composed a simple email that was titled something like Halloween candy and Muslim students or something like that. In it, I simply pointed out that some students might be following halal dietary requirements. And I shared a couple of facts such as ingredients to avoid like vanilla and gelatin. I also included what labels to look for when purchasing cookies, crackers and candy. Click send the response was absolutely overwhelming. And I mean positive response. Teachers were so thankful for this information, came up with a few questions, and as a result, they got to know their students better, not just the English learners, but all of them. Encouraged by this feedback, I thought that it might continue this practice. The next email was born out of my conversation with my Turkish newcomer who asked, why do you call a bird by the name of my country? I was intrigued to find out, so we dug deeper. I found an article that explained the story. Apparently, the birds that were brought over from America were called turkey birds as their wholesale was conducted out of Turkey. And over time, the word bird was dropped and therefore we have the name turkey. Even more interesting, she said that in Turkey, these birds are called Hindi birds because they come from India. Anyway, this whole story fascinated me so much that I decided to write another email. I thought I can't be the only one that would find this cool. Click send, the ripple effect was even bigger. I've had teachers tell me they shared this information with the students in their classrooms and had lively, engaged discussions. Others took the information and shared it with their families and had entire evenings worth of conversations and even research. That gave us the idea, what if we compiled some cultural information to share with our colleagues every month? After all, there are many customs and celebrations around the world each month, and they all have their histories and meanings. The fact that we celebrate certain holidays in the U.S. doesn't always mean they are celebrated elsewhere. I remember when I first moved here, the first year was the hardest in terms of adjusting my own internal calendar. The February carnival that was celebrated in Lithuania to send winter off was not a thing here. Neither was St. John's Night in June or my favorite traditional music festival held, annu held annually in May. So that's how it started. Every month, we look at the calendar, compile some information about customs and celebrations around the world for that month. Funny, interesting, and a little crazy ones are always good to include. And we send out an email to our staff. On the practical side, my teaching partner and I share a Google Doc or, and whatever, whoever has time to do the research does it. We both love learning, so this is not an extra chore for us, especially after the welcome we've received. And of course, the overall result has been incredible. Here are my takeaways. First, the ELL teachers and program are now known to exist and be actual people. I'm kidding, of course, but this is something to think about if you do not feel seen. Second, it allows for creating a connection with colleagues that is a dialogue rather than instruction on what to do or not to do. This has opened up the doors for us to share our expertise and our colleagues to know who to reach out to when they have a question. 
Finally, our EL students and all students in the school feel validated because we learn from this experience. The second thing we started doing was holding regular meetings with our EL parents. Some districts have their set ways to engage EL families, but I will be honest, with a population that is medium-sized and really spread out across six schools, it is quite a task to figure out a way to engage families. Again, the idea was born out of one parent's question, how can I practice English? I'm good at doing grammar exercises and I have taken all the classes, but I would love to connect with families and simply speak without a grade and expectation. After some brainstorming, we came up with a simple idea again. We have a grant from the state and could use it to build community relationships by inviting parents to a coffee and conversation event once a month. It is held live at one of the schools and it's just that. We provide coffee and snacks. Parents can come to spend 15 minutes to two hours with us, ask questions, connect with other families, practice speaking English in a safe environment, share their experience of being new to the country or help others how to navigate and simply learn about who we are and what the EL program is all about. Our older students can also learn their community service hours for babysitting. The goal is to hold this meeting in person, but we've done it online via Google Meet, especially during the month where COVID was spreading like wildfire. The feedback also has been incredible. Some prefer it in person. Others have activities like sports on Saturday mornings and are unable to make it live. So the virtual option has been great for them. The most important things I think are these. Parents were very thankful for the opportunity to meet other families that might share the same language or situation. We learned that some of them didn't even know what the Yale program was, even though we've sent emails and letters in both English and their languages. We've learned what their concerns are for their children and were able to share our vision. And there you have it. I think one of the most important things from these two activities is this. Start simple with a genuine intent to connect. That is all we need to begin teaching a newcomer EL student to reach our colleague and to assure an anxious parent. The value of human connection has never before been more important. And I think opening yourself up and sharing what you have will help others open up and bring their perspectives to the table. I hope you found this episode useful and it gave you ideas on how you can start making an even bigger impact as an ESL teacher. As always, I like to do a quick recap of the episode in case you skipped some parts. First, I shared how a simple email about halal dietary restrictions has led us to begin writing our monthly cultural tidbits, as we call it. Then I talked about what we do to engage our EL community, parents and students alike. And finally, I shared some takeaways for one simple ingredient of making an impact in your school and community. And that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with friends. And if you feel inspired, I would love a positive review. Reviews improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. Again, thanks for listening and until next time. 
Before you go, I'd like to invite you, when you're ready, to check out the resources for ESL teachers on Simply Yava ESL website and Teachers Be Teachers. If you are a newer ESL teacher or have never worked with beginner level English learners, you will greatly benefit from the ebook Teaching Absolute Beginners, the ESL Teacher's Handbook, where you will learn or review the basics of teaching this group of students. Another great resource for any teacher is 25 authentic speaking activities with complete lesson plans. Just print or project and your lesson is done. But the crown jewel of all the lessons that you can find on my website and in the Teachers Pay Teacher store is the ESL Teaching Roadmap, which encompasses all of the above resources and exclusive members-only content. For example, monthly uploads of scope and sequence, new creative lessons for both ESL newcomers and mixed proficiency level classes, as well as members-only access to 30-minute consultations, because as ESL teachers, we sometimes need to talk it out. If you are interested and ready, I'd like to offer a 10% off coupon just for podcast listeners. Use code ESLpodcast at checkout, and I am looking forward to seeing you inside.